JoeBertigan.com. We're here with Daryl Massart, longtime competitor uh, in Doran, Kiwani counties, and a 2020 inductee into the Hall of Fame of Luxembourg Speedway, now rebranded the Berg Speedway. And uh, Daryl, it's been a long time since we caught up. It has been. It's, I am. I am just so honored to be part of the, you know, the Hall of Fame for the Berg, and you know, my dad's in it, and Herb Eaton that raced for my dad. It's just beside myself. Well, looking back on all of it, when did it all start for you as a kid? Uh, I mean, you had to grow up with this stuff. That had to be the neatest thing in the 70s when, when your dad was Wally Massart and uh, the golden boy was Irv Etienne, and you got to hang around the shop as those cars were being worked on. Bring us back to the 70s when you were young and growing up into this. It was actually probably even prior to that, probably in early 60s, um, and uh, yeah, as a kid, probably three, four years old in the shop, and uh, that's I learned a lot, and I got in a lot of trouble, and, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade a, you know, I wouldn't trade a moment of it. So now looking back during when Irv was the man, I mean, with the green machine, and he was winning everything, were you actually turning wrenches on that car and helping out? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We that that was uh, like a daily job as far as for a kid. Well, not so much wrenching as a real youngster, but uh, all the dirty jobs like getting the dirt off the car and you know some wrenching, but yeah. min minimal. <laughs> Talk about what kind of guy Irv Eaton was. I got to see him race once in 1975 when I came to Luxembourg for the Autumn Countdown Classic. My my uh, cousin Scott Hansen came here and ran won a consolation race. That was the first time I saw modifieds like that, and I saw him race. It was very dusty. What kind of guy was there? I never did get to meet him. Oh, very nice guy, very friendly. And except for when you get in the car, then he was reserved. Very <laughs> aggressive. Very yeah. aggressive. Uh, awesome driver. So now your own racing career. When did it launch? And at what point in your life? How old were you? When you decided, hey, this is something I want to do and climb behind the wheel, and did your dad kind of uh, nudge you in that direction, but going behind the wheel? Actually, I think my first year would have been 1979, and uh, I had a car kind of sort of ready in 78 already, and uh, it was kind of phenomenal. My dad always ran, you know, all GM products, but I ran a hobby stock, and he always said, why would you run a Dodge 69 Dodge Charger? Sure. I said, well, those have built-in screw jacks. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, he didn't. He wasn't real fond of me doing that, and, but it all worked out, you know. And I ended up racing for him for a few years, you know, a little while later, of course. So, in 1979, did you ever get the chance to race at the pier before it closed? No, I did not. No, I did not. But I know Herb did race there a little bit with the late model in the early 70s. He did. Yes, he did. Um, and I know my dad used to gripe about that too, a half mile. And they were running big blocks in a 68 Camaro. And yeah, they popped a lot of motors and such, but I don't know. Yeah, he did. He did. I never did. Talk about... Uh your racing career pre-IMCA uh, with the late models. Things were a little different back then, you know, Door County, 
Sturgeon Bay. I remember you racing on the half mile at Seymour a little bit when I started announcing there when I was real little. Mm -hmm. uh, the scene was a little different back then. Racing was struggling uh, before IMCA came in, into the area, didn't it? You were correct. Yeah, it, it was. Um, to be honest with you, like I said, you know, I ran hobby stock uh, 1979, uh, 1980, and then after those two years, well, that's when my dad actually said, well, I guess you're not that bad of a wheel. So he actually built a weight model, and I raced for him for, I think, three years or whatever. So, but yeah, it was great back then, it's, you know, and I enjoyed the IMCA also. When the IMCA Modifieds were introduced to the area, what was the reception from guys like yourself and the teams in, in Door and Kiwani County? Was it everybody was all on board that, hey, we can make this affordable racing and, and we can start to build this thing back up? What, what was the mindset of the drivers and crews back then? A lot of guys thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread because you could basically take a, you know, a, a Chevelle chassis or whatever at the time and a lot of guys, like, I don't know if you remember, like, Chuck Grohl were running... Oh, you bet. Gremlin bodies. And, yes. And all your parts uh, were salvage yard, basically. And also, everybody was really on that, you know. That was cool. So, out of all the tracks, obviously, Luxembourg, you had a lot of wins at Door County. You ran Seymour. There was a time when you raced. You'd race four nights a week when Manitowoc ran on Wednesdays, right? Describe what that was like years ago. Well, that was that was that was a lot. You know, if you run seven days in a week and you run four, plus you're trying to run a business because I'm self-employed. And I, out of all of that, I kind of give my wife Stacy a lot of credit because she had to put up with that, and you also had to stay. In, you know, you also had to work in the shop, try to make money to fix the stuff you broke. <laughs> yeah. Who are some of your? What are some of your best memories? In the IMCA modified days, uh, and who do you have some of your toughest battles with uh, here at Luxembourg in particular? Oh man, there was there was so many of them. You know, uh, in particular, I know uh, Jerry and Eddie. Were, you know, like in uh, when we did that. Jerry and Eddie Munster, I Jerry right? and Eddie yep. Munster, correct? Yep. Yes, yep. correct. Uh, and uh, and that was uh, in '89 when it, and it was. It was quite a year because I, you know, I was always a contender. I think the last, the, the only feature I won that year was the one on championship night, which actually put me in a co-position with Eddie Munster. You guys tied. That was the, the first year TriStar ran it. That was a tie that year, right, in '89? Correct. Yes, it was tied. Yep. And uh, as the years went on, I, one thing that stands out in my mind, you know, as an announcer, a columnist. The cars always looked immaculate, the number twos, and even in your son Josh Massart, I would expect that, or most people would, being a body man by trade. I mean, the cars always look good. Even late in the year, I would imagine you reskinned them or whatever you had to do to make them look good, right? Well, yeah, and we did. If it was really bad, we reskinned them. Otherwise, yeah, a lot of times you pull body panels off and lay them on the lawn and flatten them out a little bit, make them look good from the grandstands anyway. So. Any any big wins uh, pop out in your head or any wild wrecks that you recall down the road in your racing career? Um, my wins to me are all just great. Um, you know, in particular, I can't say one or the other other than probably the one that stands out a little bit would have been the uh, final points night in 89 with, between Eddie Munster and myself. But, uh, Rex, yeah, I've hit concrete on half miles, which hurts like like oh. a son of a gun. Yeah. Um, I've been on the catch fence in Manitowoc. Uh, 
on the final night and I was I think two or three points out of first place that night so I ended up taking second. What year did you decide to hang up your helmet and what kind of factors went into that decision? I think uh, 2006 was my my last year and I did it for 28 years and I thought you know what and Josh was kind of getting into that a little more so actually he was in it prior you know I built him I think he was 14 years old when I built him his first car right but, uh, and he was getting back into that sport model and I thought well that's enough is enough I just soon help out so uh, where's the sport at now talk about the, the go-kart track that you guys have run for a lot of years and, and uh, how that spawned some future racers down the road it, you know, actually it did, Joe. Um, we did that uh, in the backyard, mostly for my grandson, you know, grandsons, and uh, and, it, and also for the big kids like myself and, <laughs> and my yep. son Josh. And uh, so we didn't use that a lot this year, but there's times we've already had like 40 carts back there, and it's, you know, it's fun. Nice. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. Daryl Massard of Brussels, uh, keeping... You know, the, the racing family tradition alive for decades out there, even through the kart racing. Uh, and one more question. There was a racetrack out there uh, in either Brussels or Casco area back in the 50s and 60s, was there not? There was. Actually, uh, that was right in Brussels. I don't know if anybody's familiar with where uh, Marchant's Foods is. It was basically right next to Marchant's Foods in Brussels. And, uh, yeah, I don't exactly remember. That was a little before my time. I don't remember how many years that actually ran, but I know my dad and a couple of other guys raced there, and I think they used to decide who would drive according to who had the fastest time. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Enjoy the night tonight, Hall of Fame. Uh, it's well-earned and well-deserved. Uh, enjoy every minute of it. Thanks very much, Joe. I appreciate it. All right, Daryl Massard here on JoeBerdigan.com.